now listening to the Dynasty Rewind. Welcome back to the Dynasty Rewind, everybody. I'm your host, Michael Bauer. Joining me today from Arizona, Chevin Nooney. How you doing, Chev? Doing good. What's going on, guys? Not much. And also joining me from Ohio is Garrett Price. How are you, Garrett? Good. How you doing, buddy? Pretty good. So I got to say, I'm going to toot our own horns for a minute here. Also, I do apologize. I'm a little congested today. I think some allergies got me, so um, I do sound worse than usual. But that being said, I do think we're one of the coolest podcasts out there. Coolest music, coolest logo, coolest co-host, worst host though, that definitely zero out of 10. But we do have something special for the Dynasty Rewind fans. Go hit, hit up the Dynasty Rewind on Twitter. You can now own a piece of Dynasty Rewind history. You can get your own Dynasty Rewind t-shirt. 20 bucks, no shipping. We're not making any money off of it. Okay, this is uh, our way of keeping the ship afloat, so to speak. Um, Basically, any profit just goes back into paying for recording equipment, the recording time, and uh, you know our podcast hosting site. So let us help you by looking cool when you go to your draft, your rookie draft, if you haven't done it yet. Or if you're in a redraft league, you could show up and be like, I'm about to win this because check out this swag. So 20 bucks, hit me up on Twitter or hit up the show account at Dynasty Rewind. We'll get you set up. Uh, they will usually ship out on Saturday because my boss doesn't like to let people work less than like <laughs> 10 hours. So it's hard for me to get to the post office. Um, that being said, how's everybody doing tonight? We good? Doing good. And uh, I do want to echo what you said about the uh, the T-shirts. Like legitimately, if you have not seen these yet, like we are not overhyping these. I've had multiple people tell me that our logo is one of if not the best dynasty football logo that they've seen bar none um and that only looks even better on a t-shirt and so i promise you you will not regret this they are they're super dope please 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 go get one of these it's 20 bucks cheaper than you're going to get most places for for a lot of your t-shirts um it's a really good investment I mean, it's so cool. I put it on without washing it, and uh, some people wow. know. Wow! You know, wow. actually, so I asked Garrett a question. This we were talking after the last podcast. I asked him if it would be weird if I washed all fifty of the shirts before I mailed them out to people, and he did say that that would be weird. Yes, so. that's very weird. That's <laughs> for that's an extra like, five dollars, you can get that. <laughs> yeah, if you want your shirt pre-washed, <laughs> let let him know. But otherwise, like that's like. That's like OCD to like the like borderline serial killer level. Hey, if somebody reached out to me and they're like, can you wash it? I'd be like, yeah. Also, do you want it put in the dryer or do you want it put out on the line? Like you tell me. <laughs> it's fine. I don't care. My wife does laundry all the time anyway. So probably because I order t-shirts all the time and ask her when she's going to do laundry again. <laughs> So, hey, let's get to some news. Um, speaking about something that's almost as cool as the new Dynasty Rewind shirt, Michael Thomas can buy a ton of our shirts now because he Ooh. just got paid five years, $100 million. He is the highest paid wide receiver in NFL history. 
he is the first offensive player that is not a quarterback to sign a $100 million contract. Now, this is huge. A lot of people, when they think about Michael Thomas, are like, well, Drew Brees might only be there for a year or two. But I personally feel like Michael Thomas is a quarterback-proof wide receiver. He's going to put up numbers. It doesn't matter who's throwing him the ball. Jeff, I want to know what you think about Michael Thomas. You like this? Yeah. Yeah, I definitely love Michael Thomas. I think he has the most catches in the first three seasons of his career out of anybody. So, I mean, kudos to him for that. I mean, he's playing with one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. But, I mean, just being able to do that, I mean, it's not easy. He's staying on the field. He's staying healthy. Uh, I can I can kind of see him kind of being – uh, maybe the next DeAndre Hopkins where he stays on the field. He doesn't drop any passes. He makes big plays for his team. I mean, I mean, Hopkins has played with some pretty awful quarterbacks and still done great things. So we haven't seen it yet out of Michael Thomas, but I think he's a guy that could possibly be uh, at that form, though. I mean, Oh, yeah, I love – well, first of all, I don't, I don't feel like I need to remind everyone, but he did go to the Ohio State University. So He did, that's uh, right. They do put out some uh, some quality quality athletes. Garrett, question uh, for you though, quick is isn't yeah. he one of those guys that didn't put up a ton of numbers in college, but then just kind of figured it out in the NFL? I'll be honest, um, I and this is this is a little embarrassing to say as a, an Ohio State Buckeyes fan, but I was low key avoiding him uh, in our rookie drafts that year. Like I was like, hey, yeah, I've watched him play. He's a good player, solid player, but. I, I don't see a lot of upside there. I don't know. I'm I'm not really sold. Uh, and ended up taking Sterling Shepard instead of Michael Thomas. So uh, and not that Sterling Shepard was a bad player, very talented player in his own right. Uh, still very good for uh, the New York Giants, but uh, it, he's not even on the same plane as Michael Thomas. So that is one of my bigger draft regrets. Is he was even a Buckeye, uh, and I and I didn't go after him. Yeah, well, completely understood. But. Uh Finish what you were saying about uh, Michael Thomas before I rudely interrupted you. I do apologize. Oh, no, you're good. But he, I, I agree with everything you guys have been saying. Uh, I think he's going to be basically quarterback proof. The, the great news, too, is they've been grooming uh, the replacement for Drew Brees for a while now in, in Teddy Bridgewater. And so uh, I think that's going to be not seamless because, I mean, <laughs> Drew Brees, even though he's, he's underrated in my opinion – you still have to consider him one of the probably the top ten greatest quarterbacks of all time, uh, maybe even maybe even higher, maybe even top five quarterbacks of all time. Uh, he's definitely in that conversation. So, uh, but but I think Teddy Bridgewater is going to come in and, and be very very uh, good in his own right when he gets the gets the job there uh, in New Orleans. So I'm really excited for Michael Thomas. His his uh, ability to be able to get the football uh, is just absurd. His uh, catch percentage last year you guys have any guesses i don't know if you know this how and let me look and see if i can have the exact number but do you guys know what michael thomas's catch percentage was last year so that's basically passes that were uh thrown in his direction that he caught i'm gonna look it up but before i do i'm gonna don't look it up you have to guess first but the host is supposed to know that stuff i'm going oh my gosh i'm not i have him up i didn't click on him yet i'm just gonna guess 80 percent okay that's high but i think chef i know he's he's a very talented receiver so he is what do you think chef uh what was the question again sorry i missed it no you're good michael thomas's catch percentage last season what do you think it was i'll say 84 
Ooh. Wow. You guys were both close. 85%. Dang. And he was actually at 90% at one point. So think of that. Nine out of every 10 passes that are thrown his way are caught, which is an absurd number. And some of that goes to Drew Brees' accuracy. But still, that's just an unconscious number for somebody that had his targets at 147 targets. It's not like he was throwing the ball 50 times. Like that dude was targeted frequently and 85% catch percentage. Guys can are considered to have a good catch percentage around 65%. So that's 20% more. That's an absurd number. So for what it's worth. I mean, you look at his college stats and from it looks like he sat out in 2013, okay? But 2012 was three catches for 22 yards. 14 was 54 for 799, nine touchdowns. 15 was 56 for 781, nine touchdowns. So not anything great. But then he gets into the NFL. It looks like he only missed one game in three years, and that was in 2016. And over the course of these three years, he has 3,787 yards, 23 touchdowns, and a 77% career catch rate. I mean, we're talking night and day. This this is like he might be the wide receiver version of Tom Brady here, a guy who just didn't do much in college, but it's like a light switch going into the NFL. So, I mean, hey, look, I know people say it's a lot of money, but I really think just looking at the stats and unfortunately watching him drub the Eagles multiple times, he definitely deserves this money. I mean, on another note, too, like, if you're going into a startup and you got OBJ and Michael Thomas there, I mean, OBJ is super athletic. He's a freak. Um, but he has missed so many games. Do you go with Michael Thomas? He's consistent. He's making these plays. He's got the great catch percentage. I mean, for me, that is definitely a tough decision for for anybody that's at that spot. I mean, I don't know. What would you guys go with? So personally for me, I'm going to go with Michael Thomas just because I feel like the value is there. I feel like people are always drafting OBJ higher. So you could probably get somebody else and then wrap back around and get Michael Thomas. What do you think, Garrett? Uh, it's super close. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm probably taking Odell um, just because I know that he's paired with Baker. For the next five years yeah. um, and, and we don't know how long you know uh, Michael Thomas will be paired with Drew Brees but like I said I mean Teddy Bridgewater is a very good quarterback in his own right I just uh, I just don't see that offense missing a step any anytime any anywhere in the near future so uh, I got I gotta go OBJ but it, it's it's not like it's oh yeah OBJ easily it's this is a really really tough decision mm-hmm. and I would not blame anyone for taking Michael Thomas over him I right now in my dynasty ranks I have OBJ third uh, at wide receiver and and Michael Thomas fourth so for what it's worth who do you have as one and two uh I have Nuke at one and then Devontae Adams at two okay Devontae Adams getting a lot of love this offseason too uh but hey pretty justified yeah um so here's a guy who has not been getting a lot of love this offseason or the last couple years. Leonard Fournette. And this one struck me as odd. So most of the updates I get are from Sleeper because they're just on their game. Sleeper, love you guys. Um, in Filippo's offense, Fournette expected to catch more passes. But can he stay on the field to do that? He, here's another guy that's been hurt a lot. Um, I don't really know what to think about this one here. 
So, Garrett, what, what do you think about this? Are you buying Leonard Fournette? I actually did trade for him for the first time ever this offseason. Um, but that was just kind of a thing where it's not my home league, it's not my high payout league, and I figured, why not try something a little different in this league? Uh, I'm not. If I were to have bought Leonard Fournette, it would have been back in you know, March, April, when people were pretty down on him. I would have considered buying then. But the price has gone back up a little too high for, uh, for my liking. I I don't, I don't love to invest a lot in running backs in in fantasy football leagues. I like to invest more in the wide receiver position if I'm really going to go all in, um, and especially if it's a, a running back with a lot of question marks. Uh, if I'm investing in a running back, I'm investing in somebody that I think is a, a fairly sure thing. And Fournette's anything anything from that. Um, he's he's missed a lot of time due to injury. Uh, he's also missed three games, which is kind of ridiculous. He's missed three games in two seasons for certain suspensions from the team. Right. Uh, so that's uh, that's concerning as well. And Tom Coughlin took away his uh, uh, what was it? His his uh, I think it was one his, of his bonuses or yeah, bonus, yeah some something like bonus, that. Yeah. So uh, it tells me that he has a lot to prove. If you told me that Leonard Fournette finished the running back seven on the year and uh, balled out and played, you know, 15, 16 games, I wouldn't be shocked. But if you told me, you know, Leonard Fournette made it till week five and then had another foot injury and had more off the field stuff like and ended up being, you know, barely even, you know, worthy to start by the end of the year, I wouldn't be surprised by that either. So it's it's a it's a game of risk reward. If your team can afford that, cool. Uh, most fantasy teams can't afford to take that on that kind of risk, though. But that being said, he is a better receiver than Michael Thomas. He has a 78.4% career catch percentage. <laughs> so, you know, you know here, here's the thing about Fournette. I think it's actually good that they're doing this. It, you think about it. If he's not constantly pounding between the tackles, does it help? Catch a little swing pass. You could run out of bounds, avoid contact. This is a guy 3.7 yards per carry. That's his average over the course of two years, which is also only 21 games out of a possible 32. So there's there's what are we missing there? Uh, do the math. 11, 11 games. Yeah, yeah. I'm not I'm not that bright. I went to Northampton. What do you want from me? Um, <laughs> so, but hey, 58 catches for 487 yards and two touchdowns in that time, which for a guy who's not known as a receiving back, isn't that bad. So. This could add another dynamic to that offense. Uh, Foles comes from the Eagles, where obviously they do a lot of passing to the running backs. So um, I'm, I'm curious to see how that works out. But before we move on, Chev, anything to add to Leonard Fournette? Yeah, Leonard Fournette's a guy that I try to kind of stay away from. Just the injury bug stays with him, and just being suspended those couple games, I mean... I just I don't know how much longer that Jacksonville will put up with that, especially Tom Coughlin or Coughlin. So I mean, I he possibly could even be traded. Who knows? But uh, I would definitely try to stay away from Leonard Fournette. I mean, he's a guy that could, like Garrett said, be a top seven running back. You never know. But just the injuries and the suspension and stuff like that. That's kind of worrisome as an owner. So yeah, that's actually a good point. I I didn't really think of the trade aspect of it. I mean, they do have Raquel Armstead there, who's he's yeah, buddy. A, he's a good bruiser between the tackles, faster than he gets credit for too. Ran a four four five at the combine, but that is a player right there that uh, he offered absolutely nothing 
in the receiving game. Um, I looked at his receiving stats in college, and I think they were pretty abysmal. But hey, that's something that could always be worked on. So yeah, no, he's not. He's not known for being being a receiving back. Exactly. Uh, Chev did mention the injury bug, and that great segue, Chev. You should be the host, man. I'm telling you, we'd probably have more subscribers. But that being said, we would like to welcome Australia and New Zealand to the mix. I just looked at the Ooh. analytics. So good day from the Dynasty Rewind. So, I know that was that was terrible. Stephen Adams just left the pod. <laughs> They're unsubscribing as we speak. They're probably like, "This guy sucks." But that being said, uh, going back to injury-prone players for the first off-season in three years, Redskins tight end Jordan Reed is not recovering from some type of surgery, and he feels explosive. So, Garrett, you are on the Dynasty Nerds podcast. Rich has been talking this guy up all off-season. Are we buying the Jordan Reed hype? I mean, I feel like the value on him is tremendous right now because everybody's like, this dude is made of glass. I'm staying away from him. What do you got on Jordan Reed, Garrett? He's definitely worth buying at the price uh, that you have to get him right now. Uh, I know a league that the the two of us are in, Mike, uh, I actually picked him up uh, late. and I wish I could remember exactly what round um, I took him in because it was, I want to say it was like round, 12 or somewhere in that ballpark so I mean the value uh, for Jordan Reed right now is incredible DLF has him currently as their 25th ranked uh, uh, tight end uh, according to their their ADP so you can get him super super late and I love pairing him especially if I'm getting one of those younger tight ends where you know I don't know what you know TJ Hawkinson's going to do the first few weeks might be a little right. safer to start Jordan Reed until he gets his things going, and then you know when Reed gets hurt, then you know Hawkinson will be my guy. Um, you know, I so like how it's th- not if it's when. Yeah, <laughs> I, at this point, I am assuming injury. But if if he doesn't get injured, th- there's not a lot of established receivers in in Washington right now. So I mean, he's got to be the focus of their offense uh, for the most part. So. It, I think the value is there. It's absolutely worth taking a flyer on. If he's good, if he's healthy, even if he gives you 10 games um, to, to start the year, that'll get you through a bulk of your regular season, and you could have easily a top seven, eight tight end on your hands. Chev, anything to add to Jordan Reed? Yeah, I mean, if Jordan Reed can stay healthy, I mean, he's another tight end in that – that big group of tight ends that you don't know really what you're going to get every week. So, I mean, Jordan Reed could be a guy that is very explosive. He stay healthy. I mean, he could be a guy that's a top seven guy for the for the season possibly. I mean, you, you just got to pray to whoever you pray to and just say, please don't let Jordan Reed get hurt. So, Jordan Reed's a player that he's a big player. He's a, he's a big-time player too. I mean, so if he can stay healthy, he can get the ball in his hands and he can do big things for that uh, offense as well. So looking at the analytics, we just need South America yet, and then we got all the continents covered. I'm just not... We have ki- Antarctica? Well, no, I'm not counting Antarctica. <laughs> Plus, it's not Those on this... Those penguins love us. It's not on this map. But I want to know what Greenland's deal is. Like, there's nobody from Greenland. Like, look how big that place is. But it's mostly ice anyway. Yeah. So, I learned that from the Mighty Ducks. That's the only reason I know that. But then mm-hmm. Iceland is mostly green, and now right. I'm just really confused. But nobody, yeah, D two, nobody in Russia either. Oh, what a great movie! Ugh. Yeah, that inspired me to play roller hockey as a kid. Not even lying. 
Yeah, I, I tried rollerblading once, and it didn't end well. <laughs> so, um, I guess, uh, do I have anything to say about Jordan Reed? Um, the Redskins are terrible. So that being said, Melvin, <laughs> <laughs> Melvin Gordon's agent, according to him, they have requested a trade from the Los Angeles Chargers. Um, apparently, they were insulted by the team offer of only $10 million a season. Man, I, I just feel really bad for Melvin Gordon. I mean, I would hate to make $10 million a year. Uh, that would be really hard. I don't know how I would provide for my family, to be honest with you, on such a paltry salary. <laughs> but that being said, um, I guess some scenarios are in order for where Mel Gordon could land. So I'll throw one out, and then Chev could um, he could kind of bounce off. So let's just really screw everybody up. How about he stays in California? Let, let's trade him to the 49ers. How's that sound? Oh, geez. That's going to be one of our <laughs> camp battles we talk about. That's uh-huh. that's messy enough. Yeah. All right. Well, then let's not do that. So, Chev, who else do you have? A potential Mel Gordon landing spot. I would just absolutely love for him to go to the Texans. I mean, that offense would be explosive just to watch, not even on a fantasy aspect. I mean, and that defense is pretty good as well. So, I mean, I can just imagine Watson, Nuke, uh, Gordon, I mean, that would just be an incredible offense. That would be tough to play defense on those guys. I mean, you got some quick guys at wide receiver as well. So, I mean, just having Melvin Gordon there, he's a guy that can catch passes. That might hurt Nuke, but, I mean, I mean that would just be amazing to see. Garrett, any other landing spots? I think the other big one would be Tampa Bay. Uh, I, I think in Bruce Arians' offense, looking at what David Johnson did a couple years ago, he could obviously flourish there, uh, so that would be that would be an incredible scenario. And I think his fantasy value—that's one of the few places I think that and Texas, um, those would be the two places that his value would not go down if he went there. I think almost any other realistic landing spot, his value would probably decrease. Uh, I can't think of too many more places that he would be able to step in and get, you know, 70, 80% of the carries uh, right off the bat. So I, I think at this point you're, you're hoping it's one of those two landing spots. That's why I'm here to be the guy that mixes things up. What about Miami? Are they sold on Kenyon Drake? Are they sold on Bellage? Uh, I think I, I'm not sure that they're sold on either one of those two players. The problem is that offense is so bad that I think it would still decrease his value for me, even though he still would be getting such a big chunk of the carries if he went there. I think their offense is just so bad that I I would feel way worse than, than when he was in San Diego. Well, well, he's not in San Diego. I know. I still, <laughs> I still make that mistake all the time. Dang it. Wait, well, I liked they, him better in San Diego than L.A. What if they called him up and they're like, look, if you don't come to camp, we're, we're trading him to Miami, right? And he'll be there in like five minutes. So, um, I don't I know. I mean, it's not that bad if he went to Miami because they could be in some bad situations where they're down by a lot of points and he might get a couple of dump-off passes where he can gain his PPR points, but it's definitely not the ideal situation he would want to be in, that's for sure. I just think that the Dolphins are screwing themselves this year because Fitzpatrick's going to come in, he's going to be explosive for the first month, then he's going to stink, then they're going to put Rosen in. And he's going to struggle because he's getting thrown to the fire, blah, blah, blah. It's like all you're doing is hurting yourself. If you think They're Rosen's drafting a quarterback this year. Do you think so? Yes. I, I would be very surprised unless Rosen balls out. 
they're going to probably be one of the bottom five teams, and I think they're going to be salivating trying to get Tua. You know, I just I like Rosen, and I really want him to get a chance somewhere. But there's only so many starting quarterback jobs in the NFL, obviously. So I don't know where else he could go, to be honest with you. I mean, look at all these teams that just invested in young quarterbacks. Unless somebody gets hurt, somebody retires unexpectedly, I don't know. So um, He needs to be in a situation where he can sit behind a quarterback for a year and where his offensive coordinator is not going to leave or get fired. I mean, he's had to learn three different offenses in his first two seasons. I mean, especially being a rookie quarterback last year, that I can't imagine how tough that was with the offensive line that was just piss poor. I mean, I can, can't imagine what that was even like for him. But just having st- stability in the offense, I mean, that would be big time for him. I mean, I think he's a pretty good talent, but, I mean, he's not going to get the chance to show it if he's not learning the offense and he's not having the opportunity to, I mean, we're going to see a lot of him in the preseason. I feel like kind of getting it used to that offense, but I mean, he we'll put up, he, he balled out in college too. Let's not forget that. Like this guy was no slouch. I, and Gary, you'd probably know this a little bit better than me, but I believe in the pre-draft process, he was, he was touted as one of the best quarterbacks in the class. Was he not? He was, uh, there were some concerns with his like attitude, the way that he carried himself, uh, that he was kind of off-putting to a lot of people. Uh, but as far as his, his game went, I mean, there were there were conversations of him being the first overall pick for a tiny bit, but it was basically always Darnold and some people talking about Baker, and then Baker really, like, just stormed in that last, like, two months and just kind of became the obvious number one. Um so yeah, Rosen was in that conversation for a millisecond, uh, but I mean he was he was still a top ten pick. So it's not like he was you know this third round guy that they're trying to get a job to. Mm-hmm. Like he he was a top ten pick. I mean you think about it. I'm looking at his stats right now. He did miss some time in his his uh, sophomore year, so that hurt his stats a little bit. But over three years, nine thousand three hundred forty yards, fifty nine touchdowns, and twenty six picks. It's pretty not decent. Bad. I mean, you think about it. If he doesn't work out in Miami, uh, why not the Chargers? You know? Yeah. Philip Philip Rivers, yeah. he can't play much longer. I mean, well, there if was Ted, that rumor he was going to be traded in New England, and that would have been a crazy good spot for him. That would have been great. Um, we could also think about uh, New Orleans is another possibility, too. Yeah. I think they got their guy with Teddy, but, I mean, it's yeah. possible. Yeah. I, I mean, who knows? There's what a lot of Pittsburgh things. Pittsburgh behind Pit- Big Ben? Pittsburgh would be another good spot too. Yeah, I mean, you're talking your step. That's a win-win situation for him. You come in and learn from a, a great elite talent, and look at the surrounding cast that you have when you do take over. I mean, yeah. that would make a lot of sense for him. But, but we'll uh, see. Let's not put the cart ahead of the horse. There's a chance he could do well in Miami. I, I just will put the cart wherever I want because I'm the host. <laughs> so. Put your cart back. <laughs> okay. Um, so speaking of carts, that made no sense. Fifth round draft pick of the <laughs> Oakland Raiders, Hunter Renfro. It looks like he's ahead of veteran Ryan Grant in the role for the slot wide receiver. So I, I kind of like that. There could be a little little sneaky pick there. I know a lot of people were down on Hunter Renfro in the pre-draft process, but I think Chev is a fan, or I could be wrong. What do you think, Chev? Uh, I mean... That offense should be it should be pretty it should be better than last season that's for sure you get Josh Jacobs you got Antonio Brown 
Uh, I have a guy in one of my leagues. He bet me 50 bucks that our uh, car is going to be a top six quarterback this year. So, I mean, if he if that's correct, Hunter Renfro is probably going to be a little bit a part of that. So, I mean, but for me, I'm, I wasn't the biggest fan of him coming out. I think he has, like, some of the smallest hands coming into the NFL. So, I mean, yeah. I mean, it just reminds me of the commercial. I think it was the um, Burger King. Oh, yeah, the Whopper. <laughs> Yeah, that was that was a funny commercial, but I, I just I just it doesn't get me going, just in my opinion. Jared, any thoughts? I just don't know what the ceiling is. Like, if I'm investing in a late round rookie, I, I want there to be ceiling. I want there to be a chance that he could evolve into a wide receiver two or three on my fantasy football team, and I just don't I just don't see a possibility where he could do that. I mean, you're looking at best case scenario. He is Adam Humphreys. Is that his ceiling? Like, I think that's his absolute ceiling. That's not and terrible. For someone's ceiling, it's not great because his floor is out of the league. True. So, I don't know. I, I just don't. I just don't know where the value would be. So I, I'm not using any any sort of real draft capital to get him. I'm not trading any sort of capital to get him. If you can get him in the fifth round um, and stash him, cool. I have no issue with that. Uh, but anytime he's going above that, that's just a little much for me. Now, I will say there's one exception. I have seen a couple of these leagues, um, kind of like the, the concept of best ball. I'm in one that's like a best ball dynasty league, basically. It's a really interesting concept, but basically you start every single player on your team each week. Um, so even your entire bench starts. In a, in a scenario like that, he would be valuable because I can imagine that he's going to probably get anywhere from two to five catches a week. Probably won't be for any more than like 50 yards, but I, I think he is going to get something every week. He's going to... Chip? Okay. Hey, welcome back. Back again to the Dynasty Rewind. We apologize for having two broken up episodes this week, but um, I'm still not a pro at editing, and I guess I had some internet problems. So, welcome back, Chev. Welcome back, Garrett. I uh, believe we were talking about the Carolina Panthers. They are talking about limiting Christian McCaffrey's plays, but not touches. Um, my opinion, that'll make the Panthers one-dimensional as far as you know. If they're not going to limit the touches, but the pl- they are going to limit plays he's going to get the ball when he's on the field which he does most of the time anyway so this kind of seems like a redundant statement i mean who's going to spell him elijah holyfield i could probably run the 40 faster than him what do you guys think about (laughs) this statement i am kind of confused by the statement because he's one of your best players i mean he yes he did get a bunch of carries and a bunch of bunch of plays last season but I mean he's one of your best players and he's proven that he can kind of be a stable force in that offense I mean this is the team that also said they're going to limit Cam's rushing and I don't I didn't see that when they said that so I mean we'll see how it goes I mean I want my best player out there even if he's not getting the ball so I mean I think he's gonna be on the field most of the time still I agree with that Garrett yeah it's I mean it's not really much of news to me um, I assumed that they were going to have to. Uh, I had the stat before. If, um, I wish I would have looked it up before this, but he was on the field uh, something to the extent of like 300 plays more than the next closest running back. So, I mean, wow. the dude just never left the field. Yeah. So they, they were going to have to decrease that in some way. 
but however, his touches, even though they were the most, it, the, the gap wasn't nearly, nearly, nearly like that. Uh, so I figured that they were going to do that, and they probably should maybe limit his touches slightly too. Uh, I know he's bulked up a lot this offseason, but he's still not this massive pounder. Uh, I, I do worry at some point that that's going to catch up with them. So I, 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 it was just something I kind of assumed would happen. But the, the only issue is they don't really have anybody to spell him with. So unless they plan on going a lot of, uh, you know, five wide, five wide, wide receiver sets or, uh, you know, no back backfields, he's probably still going to be out there quite a bit unless, like you said, uh, Elijah Holyfield, uh, Jordan Scarlett, maybe Cameron Artis Payne comes back from the dead. I don't know. I don't know what they're going to do. Well, it's interesting. But uh, one last news piece here, and we're just going to stay on running backs. Ezekiel Elliott, uh, it appears that him and the Dallas Cowboys front office are not close on an extension. And that being said, this holdout could last months. So there is a, a Zeke owner in here, and his name is Shevin. Chev, I know you were not too happy about this. What what are your thoughts here? Yeah, I'm definitely I mean, here's the thing. Zeke did have his six game suspension when we first drafted in my league. So like I got him pretty late in my draft. I think I got him like one eight. So I mean, to get the talent and the production that he's given me so far has been great. And I got him at a discount because he was suspended. So I mean that helped, but now being an owner of Zeke has just been a headache for most of the time having him on the team. I mean, he's he's a great running back. He has great production when he's on the field. He has one of the best offensive lines in the NFL. So, I mean, everything's there for him to do great things, but it always seems to find a way that he somehow is in the wrong place at the wrong time or he's doing the wrong things. Uh, just to point out, he is from Ohio State University, by the way, so... So, I mean, that just speaks to the talent, not necessarily the character. Oh, my fault. So, I mean, I definitely <laughs> – Zeke's like my my team, basically. Like, he's one of the best players on my team. I want him to produce, but at what point do I keep having on my team being this headache? I mean, I don't know. I mean, I just want to say that you're talking about that, but Saquon Barkley went to Penn State. He's really good. Yeah, he is. He's, he's a talented player. Um, Ohio State usually beats Penn State, but, you know, it's whatever. Well, oh, you had Baker Mayfield, so you guys both lost. I do love Baker. Yeah, well. You know what? Here's what we need to do. (laughs) You could both suck it. (laughs) We can. We need. Here's next episode. I'm declaring it right now. Actually, I don't even know if we're going to do it next episode, but I want to do it. Uh, We come up with the best possible fantasy team from the guys from our college and see who has the best, best crew. Our quarterbacks are going to suck. <laughs> That's true. Hey, Trace McSorley, baby. I mean, our G3 is hurt. I've been hearing he's been getting a lot more reps down there in Baltimore, so I don't know. Now, let me ask you this. I'll gladly Wait, do RG3 this. RG3 didn't go to Penn State. No, no, I'm just saying Trace McSorley's getting a lot more reps. Oh, oh, I was like. Because he's hurt. Whoa, no. whoa, whoa. You can't take no, RG3. No, no. <laughs> no, no. So, okay. You know what? I actually really like this idea. This is a good idea. Um are we talking they had to have gotten drafted? In, uh, and they they were at least drafted in the NFL. We're, we're putting together a best fantasy team of players that went to our college. Okay. All right. That's cool. 
I just really don't know where. I okay, I got the quarterback. All right, we're good. Yeah, and you got you got some decent receivers from Penn State, so. And they've been pump. They've been pumping out some uh, some good running backs too lately, which is weird. Like they were linebacker you for how long? Now it's almost like they're running back you. Yeah, them in Georgia. Yeah, I know Georgia too. So, but I'm getting off topic. I'm sorry. Forgive me. That's what I do. So, did you have anything else to add to Zeke? Oh yeah, that's what we're talking about. Um, so, thing about Zeke is he's uber talented. Uh, he is in a good offense. He's going to see a lot of touches when he's there. It's it's similar to Le'Veon Bell last year, where the guy is crazy talented, uh, but he is kind of a knucklehead and. There's really not much you can do because if you go to sell, you're going to have to take a massive discount because everybody is going to say, well, we don't know if he's going to play this year. And you saw what haven't been with Le'Veon Bell last year. I don't want to take that risk. So if you sell right now, you're going to be taking a massive discount. Um, So at this point, you kind of just have to grin and bear it, really. I mean, there's really no other – there's really no course of action – uh, that you can really take at this point. So it sucks. Uh, I do have him on, uh, I think I only have him on one team, maybe two. So I don't have a lot of Zeke shares, uh, but it, it's still, it's it's unfortunate. Well, I'm really interested to see how that plays out in Dallas, to be honest with you. Um, I don't like the Alfred Morris signing, though. I thought they could have done better. I think Rod Smith is still unsigned, who's younger. Isn't Rod Smith I'm, in New York? Is he? I think he's with the Giants. Uh, let me double check that, but I'm pretty sure he got picked up by the Giants. Okay. Yeah. Um, that would be interesting because he's definitely not going to play there either. Um, well, I'll tell you what, Garrett. How about you let me check on that because it is time for the price check. Oh, here we go. Perfect. All right. So for me this week, the price check, I was looking I was looking at DLF's ADP and I was going up and down and I was like, ah, oh, yeah, I've, I've touched on that guy or – Ah, uh, that seems about right. And then there was one that was glaring to me, and this is um, this is from July still. So there could be more movement now that we're into August. But Sammy Watkins right now on DLS ADP is the 25th ranked wide receiver. I'll say that again. Sammy Watkins is the 25th ranked wide receiver, 53rd player overall. 53rd so you're taking him at the end of the fourth beginning of the fifth that's absurd to me now granted is there incredible upside for sammy Watkins? sure you don't have to convince me of the upside it's 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 there the problem is he's not the number one receiver tyreek hill is there so he's not the number one receiver and he's not even the number two target because you have travis kelsey there so right now he's third in line to get touches, and that's assuming that whatever running back they have out there, probably Damian Williams, isn't also getting targeted quite a bit in the passing game. So now you have him as a three, maybe even possibly a fourth option in that offense. It's an offense that can sustain a lot of players, so he will still get touches, he will still get targets, he will still get receptions. But for a guy, you know, we talked about Fournette earlier, this is a guy – even even to the nth degree, that can also just not seem to stay healthy. Uh, he will explode. He will have two or three incredible games, and you will love having him on your team for those two or three games. 
and then the rest of the season you're going to have no clue what to do with him. So right now, if there's people, apparently they're out there. If there's someone valuing Sammy Watkins anywhere near the fourth, fifth, sixth round, I'm selling all day long. I agree. I am not a Sammy Watkins truther, and to uh, go, he did sign. I'm sorry, Rod Smith did sign with the Giants. You were right about that. Um, he's also another Ohio State running back. Yeah, he is. And what I didn't know is that he's six three. I didn't think he was that big. He's a big boy. So yeah, he's a big dude. So we're gonna talk about a bruiser. Uh, but moving on, thank you again, Garrett. Uh, we're gonna talk about some camp battles. So um, I'll tell you what. Let's stick with the Giants. I got one for you. The New York Giants receivers versus the world because <laughs> they just, I'll tell you what, they can't catch a break up there right now in New York. I, I feel bad. Who was, uh, okay, who was the receiver that went down with the ACL tear? Corey Coleman. Coleman, thank you. Uh, Sterling Shepard, broken hand, fingers, something like that, fractured thumb. Yep. And then we got uh, Golden Tate, suspended four games. So it's Darius Slayton time. I guess it's going to have to be. Um, Well, the problem is, as much as I love Darius Slayton, and my, my love for him has been very clear, he's still been hampered by a hamstring injury. And so he hasn't even been getting all these reps that we would love to see him get. So, I mean, they're literally down to, um, oh, gosh, who was the guy that was with the Broncos forever? Why am I drawing a blank? Uh, Cody Latimer? Yeah, Cody right? Latimer is their number one right now. Yeah. Wow. That's yuck. <laughs> um, do you have anything to add to the Giants receivers, or do you have another training camp battle? Um. I was just going to say, I don't even know if we brought up Golden Tate with the PED, too. So, I mean, that's four games for him. I mean, that, that wide receiver core is just absolutely destroyed. I think I said in the group message the other day, here comes Dez or something like that. But, I mean, <laughs> I would love to see Dez go there. I mean, I think it would be fun. He's going to be able to play Dallas two games if they keep him for that long. But um, that that whole situation is just an absolute mess right now. Um, Saquon might be the leading rusher and receiver for that team, possibly. Probably. I think it's a good – here's a problem I have with this whole um, sub- substance abuse policy. I, I get it. Obviously, you don't want people abusing substances. But somebody could legitimately kidnap an NFL player, put him in the back of a van, drive them to New York, take them into Roger Goodell's office, and forcibly shoot illegal substances into their veins against the player's will, and the NFL is still going to suspend them. There is no give This is the whatsoever. most absurd thing I've ever heard. But here's the thing. Why do I think Mike would do this at Tyreek Hill? Because I just oh, picture that 100%. He's planned it out. Exactly. Oh, my gosh. It's premeditated. Oh, my I gosh. Love- he's planned this out. Well, you know what? Actually, our shop van does not have any windows either. So, I, oh my, I, gosh. Oh my gosh! Oh my gosh! If, I would just look at Goodell and be like, "Look what he's doing right now!" Willingly, Kansas City by Chief himself. Security Staff. If you see a man in a hoodie and sunglasses, take him down. <laughs> I don't like hoodies. He lives on Washington mouse. Avenue. I do. I like the the regular sweatshirts because the hoods bother me when I put my jacket on in the winter. Because then it's like, do you take it out of the jacket? If it's in the the jacket, then it's all weird. It's all lumpy. I am an old man. I am. I called a bunch of... (laughs) There was a bunch of kids that pulled up to the shop today to get uh, air in their bike tires. I'm like, I don't have time for you dang kids. 
I made Andre do it, and he was just standing around being useless anyway. <laughs> so I was like, Andre, go do something, man. Get the hell away from me. Um, so like, I'll tell you what. <laughs> Andre, I hope you're not listening. <laughs> he, he's not listening. He's he's busy doing nothing. Um, so let's stay in the <laughs> NFC East. Uh, here's a good one. Zeke versus the Cowboys. Yeah, this is, I'm just – I know we're touching on it again. I'm so baffled by this. This He's – Still in his rookie contract. How much leverage does he really have here? I mean, he would think with how important you are to that team, you know that that team is so much better with you on the field. They're going to work on something for you. I really don't think this is the right way to go about it. And here's the thing, too. Like, Amari Cooper wants a new deal. Dak wants a new deal. I mean, everybody there needs or wants a new deal. So, I mean, Jerry Jones has all the money in the world, it seems like. But how do you pay all those guys without diminishing the rest of the team as well so i mean the offense can be really good um but you also have to remember you have to sign other players as well so that's just a situation that is just insane at the moment but i don't know zeke zeke's an interesting character too so who knows what this situation is going to do i mean it's not something that you get done overnight either it's not an instantaneous thing so i just feel like there's there's no patience here either and then here's the thing too, like if these guys are in camp, right? Dak and Amari are in camp, correct? Everyone's there except for Zeke, from what I'm understanding. So at that point, you see that they want to play, they want to get better. I mean, right. my dude Zeke's in Cabo right now, doing whatever he's doing. Who knows? He's probably at some concert. I mean, it's just <laughs> body it's, and security guards. Yes, I mean, <laughs> dude, that was the worst flop ever. By the it way, really was. Like, come on, dude. <laughs> so, I mean. Yeah. I don't know. Like, for me, if I'm one of the owners, yeah, Zeke's a great player, but, like, these dudes are on the field trying to they have the Cowboy helmet on. They have everything on. They're trying to get better. They're trying to get the team ready to play in the, the NFL this upcoming season while Zeke's not there. So, I mean, do you really want to pay the guy that's not putting in the time or what? I mean, I I don't know. I'm glad I don't have to make these choices. I mean, I wish I had that much money. Don't yeah. get me wrong. But. Me too. Yeah, but I don't. Um, so, hey, Garrett, do you have any camp battles for us? you got a couple good ones over there. Yeah, so one of the biggest ones is going to be this uh, the San Francisco 49er backfield. Ugh. You have uh, Jarek McKinnon, who uh, is still struggling to stay healthy. You have Tevin Coleman, the guy they brought in from, uh, from Atlanta. And then you have uh, Matt Breida, who was explosive when healthy last year. So... Uh, who who do you guys think right now is is the guy to own? Well, let's not forget. I think they also have Raheem Mostert, and a, isn't Jeff Wilson Jr. still on the team? They are both still on the team at this point. Mostert did get hurt again, right? Um, but he's he's still there. He is still physically present. Yes. So I mean, it, who do I? This is a scenario where if I ad- adopt a team that has any of these guys on it, I'm selling them. Because if I don't know who I could start week in and week out, I don't want to I don't want to try. And I hope that doesn't make me sound lazy or like a bad fantasy player, but sometimes you need to have those guys you could trust that are going to at least show up. What do you think, Chev? I think for me McKinnon is coming off an ACL tear, so I mean, he's already going to have the slow start most likely. Uh I'm not 
Tevin Coleman, I can't remember if he got injured at the end of last season or any time last season, but I mean, I feel more comfortable going with Tevin Coleman or um, Breida at this point just because they didn't come off a massive injury like that, but I know, who knows, I may be wrong. These are the hardest things to figure out as fantasy owners. Um, they all come at different values, too. I don't know what their values are in ADP, but I mean, that's the crazy thing. You're just trying to find that guy that takes over that backfield, and it's 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 not the easiest thing to figure out, even going through training camp. So, but Garrett, to answer your question, if I had to pick one, it would I think it would be Tevin Coleman for me. Yeah, and I think he's kind of the odds-on favorite right now. Um, if Rich is listening, which I know he's not, because he uh, makes it a point to never listen to any podcast ever. So. Uh, <laughs> If he's listening, though, I'm sorry. I do not think Jarek McKinnon's the guy. Um, I know he loves loves some Jarek McKinnon. I do not. Uh, I am. I'm not convinced he's going to be the guy. But but at that at that point, I really don't know who the guy is going to be. Um, I do have a man crush on Matt Breida. I do think he's a very very talented player that often gets overlooked uh, in this battle. And there was actually a notification. We were talking about sleeper earlier. Sent out a notification that. Uh, that the 49ers are using him, quote, all over the field. So that, that makes me that. feel a little bit better uh, about those, like, last-ditch effort. Hey, uh, you know, I'm in the 12th round. I really could use another running back. He's one of those guys that I love targeting late. Yeah. It's it's interesting what they're going to do out there in San Francisco. And, hey, another another possibility on another team, somebody gets hurt, one of these guys gets shipped out. So – you never know. Um, Chev, you got any other camp battles you wanted to talk about? Uh, just one of the camp battles that is really interesting to me, kind of trying to figure out which one's going to be the starter and which one's going to be the the second fiddle to them, uh, is in Seattle, the running back situation there. I mean, you got Penny and you got Chris Carson there. So um, I have no idea who's going to be the guy there. I think it's going to be more of a committee, but uh, they might run the guy that's hot at them during that game. So, uh, what do you guys think about that situation in Seattle? Garrett, I'll let you take this one first, and then I'll chime in. The way I feel about this scenario is I hate it because mm-hmm. I genuinely like both of these players, yeah. and I want both of these players to be able to play. The good news is they got rid of Mike Davis. Mike Davis, uh, just in the – I think he had a, roughly 130 carries last season, then plus another 30 uh, – targets in the passing game so you take those away there's another 160 potential touches to be up for grabs so if you add most of those to penny both players both carson and penny could be potentially seeing anywhere from 200 to 250 touches this season that's what you're looking at from you know upper echelon running back so there is a scenario that this is the best running back duo that we've seen in shoot a, a, a really long time maybe maybe even as far back as D'Angelo Williams and uh, Jonathan Stewart uh, back when they both ended up being I think they both ended up being RB1s if if not I think Jonathan Stewart might have been a super high-end RB2 but I, I could see a scenario where both of these guys are viable if I absolutely have to pick one uh, which in most scenarios I'm trying to own both um, but if I have to choose one I am choosing Penny okay um, my thoughts on this is I feel like this is going to be for this year a true timeshare and here's why 
Rashad Penny was a first-round pick. So I think they want to preserve him for next year, and they want to preserve Chris Carson's trade value because I feel like they're going to do a timeshare this year, then move on from Carson. Carson was a seventh-round pick in 17. Um, Penny's got the draft capital, so I feel like that's how they're going to go. That being said, I do agree with Garrett, and they could both be very productive in this system. So um, that is my thoughts on it. Um, Garrett, do you have another training camp battle before I infuriate you with mine? Oh, man. Well, I I was about to say one, but now I am a little curious as to what yours is. Okay. But my, I'll, I'll do mine after you. All right. Mine is Hunter Henry versus Soft Tissue. Oh, jeez. Oh, come on, man. <laughs> I vote Hunter Soft Henry. Tissue. Oh, come on. <laughs> oh, wait. Stop. You said Hunter Henry? Yeah. Oh, oh, my bad. I thought you said Derrick Henry. Oh. No, Hunter uh, Henry. That, that's I, your boy. I, oh, no. It's Hunter Henry. Hunter Henry <laughs> is the greatest tight end of all time other than Austin Hooper. Oh, my God. And he will probably have anywhere between 30 and 40 touchdowns, and he is going to win you every single fantasy league. I hope so. Shoot. <laughs> I'm not a big Hunter Henry guy. That's due to injury. I want him to prove me wrong this year. I really do. He will. I, I, I want him to. I want him. I want to see what he's got. I want to see the Chargers' offense firing on all cylinders like it's supposed to. But it looks like it might not happen with the whole Melvin Gordon thing. So, well, that just we'll might see. mean old Philip Rivers might have to air it out a little bit more. More targets for my boy Hunter Henry and for my boy Mike Williams and Keenan Allen. Love nope, me some Keenan Allen. <laughs> Come on, no. man. Look, go away, Keenan Allen. He is going to lose targets. <laughs> All right, so what, what's I your next you. one, Garrett? No, you stay. You stay. <laughs> he did he mute it, too. He literally <laughs> muted his mic. <laughs> right, Garrett, what do you got next? <laughs> All right, uh, so there's a few that I think are, are real interesting, uh, but the one that could really have a lot of impact on your fantasy team is the Pittsburgh Steelers wide receiver number two. Uh, once again, you have three guys kind of vying for this job. Uh, you got Dante Moncrief, who – Reports have been real good in camp. You have James uh, Washington, who we really haven't heard much of anything about. Um, and then you have Deontay Johnson, who has really looked good. Uh, we, we've seen a lot of highlights and clips from from some of the things that he's done. Uh, so all three of those guys uh, are kind of vying for this spot. I know it's crazy based on the news that we've heard. I am still in James Washington's camp. Uh, I, I think he... Having that year uh, is a real leg up, and I think just just going back and watching how he played in college and uh, some of the opportunities that he had last year in preseason and during the season, the raw ability is there. And so I'm not buying too much into this Dante Moncrief narrative at all. I'm more worried about Deontay Johnson more than anything else. What about you guys? I think for me, I could possibly see them trying to go with the old veteran guy. I mean, he's not old, but the veteran guy that's been there. He's been in the league for a little bit longer than these guys. They might try to count on him for a little bit during the season, probably four to five games, and then they'll try to wean off him, and then they're going to try to go with Washington or Deontay Johnson. Um, That's kind of the way I kind of see it at the moment. I definitely could be wrong. I mean, I'm not saying that's what's going to happen, but – I definitely love James Washington. I got to watch him a couple times uh, in Bedlam, and dude just seems like he's always open. He goes up and makes big plays. I mean, definitely a great guy to uh, throw the ball to for sure, even though he's small in stature, but he makes he just goes up there and makes big plays. 
Um, haven't got to watch too much of Johnson. I know he's a great athlete. I know he's doing big things. Um, he's he's moving up. He's a rookie though, so I mean it's gonna be really hard for him to kind of get acclimated earlier than these guys that have been there uh, for one season. And I just I just think they're gonna go with the veteran first, and then possibly try to wean off him and go to the other guys. Chev, you basically took the words right out of my mouth there. That's I agree 100. Um, percent The Steelers are just that type of team. I feel like they like to lean on their vets a little bit more till their rookies are ready, and then they they let them uh, let it all hang out there. So, Chev, um, I think you and I had one that um, was kind of the same. Uh, the Green Bay wide receivers. I think you were talking about that before the show. Yeah. yeah. So I have. A couple shares of scaling so i mean it's definitely definitely a one to watch uh in camp uh everything i've been hearing has been pretty good about them um but i just have no idea who's actually going to take that that wide receiver two uh spot i mean throughout the years it seems like that wide receiver two position in green bay has thrived and they've had put up amazing points and they have been a guy that you can put in your starting lineup so I mean, if you could find that guy and kind of get him cheaper than other wide receiver twos, then you you could possibly have a, a diamond in the rough. What do you guys think? I mean, for me, I hope it's Geronimo Allison just because I have a bunch of shares of him. But it, it could be him. It could be MVS. It could be Garrett. Who's that? That Jake Kumro? They're yeah. talking up. Yeah, it could be him. Uh, I can't say this guy's name. Equiminius St. Brown? Yeah, Equiminius St. Brown. Okay. Yeah, I'm bad with names. So I really don't know. I, like I said, I ho- I'm hoping it's Allison. He was really playing well before he got hurt last year. So I'm going to hope that it's him. But I could see it just as easily being MVS. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I think I think it's really a two-man battle at this point. I think it's Allison and MVS. It doesn't really sound like the other two. Um you know, Jamon Moore and uh, Kumaro and uh, uh, St. Brown. It doesn't really sound like they are uh, really in the running at this point. So I think it's a two-man battle. If I had to put my money down, uh, I'd put it on MVS. Uh, but it's it, it's only because of all the updates. And, and those can be a very deceiving thing. It's way too early in camp to fully project that. But if I had to pick, it would be MVS. All right. Um, well, that's all I have for training camp battles. Do you guys have anything else you want to talk about? I think so. All right. Chev, you Jones. good? Oh, I'm that's right. You did uh, wanted to talk about the uh, Tampa Bay running backs. Go ahead. What do you got for us there, Chev? So, I mean, we got Ronald Jones there. You got Peyton Barber. In my opinion, I think they might go out and try to trade for somebody. Uh, who knows who they'll go out and try to get. They could get McCoy, possibly. Um, but... Um, I mean, I really don't know exactly what their plans are running back there. But, I mean, if you can find a running – if you can pick out the one that's going to be the starter, I mean, you still have a starting running back that is in a good, decently good offense. So, I mean, you can definitely find a guy uh, in one of those guys that could be not a starter for your team, but a guy that you could possibly play start every once in a while. Garrett, thoughts on Rojo? And uh, you know what? It's funny. I remember before before we even got into – uh, really seriously, like analyzing fantasy football and becoming quote unquote analysts.
Garrett, did you leave us? Chev, are you still there? Yeah, I'm still here. So, I mean, going off what he said, I mean, I did make a bad choice in Equimia State Brown, too. So, I mean, we all have our times. He told me no on him, too. So, Well, hey, St. Brown could still turn out to be something good. And from what I understand, his brothers uh, in college are actually lighting it up, too. I think he's um, at USC. Um, I think – I know one's at Stanford. Mm-hmm. And the other one might – possibly be usc i don't know if you want to find out more about the saint brown brothers check out the destination debbie podcast with ray garvin at ray gq um he's going to keep you up to date on all that stuff so that's it for camp battles for the week uh, for the rewind of the week what i have for you guys is head coach don shula who coached with the baltimore colts and the miami dolphins he won 347 games in his career, which is more than any other head coach ever. So um, it's pretty impressive. So uh, let's see. Garrett, are you back yet? Can you hear me? I don't think he's back yet. Guess who's back? Back? back. Uh, he, is, he is not sure what happened. So um, we are just going to keep moving on. Garrett, sorry. Um, I guess we're having all sorts of technical difficulties tonight. So... <laughs> Um, I guess maybe we should just wrap it up here. How's that sound, Chef? Uh, yeah, I can do the verse of the verse of the night too, if you want me to. See, look at that. I completely forgot. Go ahead. <laughs> so uh, this one's gonna be coming out of Philippians. It's gonna be uh, chapter four and uh, verse nine. So it says, "Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice, and the God of peace will be with you." So for me, I think that just means to just whatever you're learning, whatever you're uh, whatever you received, whatever you think you have learned, put it into action. Don't let it hold you back. Don't let it just be in your mind. Put it into action and help others out and kind of try to build a legacy in that and kind of get them going as well. Because, uh, I mean, if you hold it in, uh, you're not really helping anybody else out. And if you're if you're passing it on to somebody else, you're also building the kingdom up and you're helping uh, get God's word out. So uh, for me, I just think don't hold it in. Uh, if you learn something, share it to everybody else as well chef thank you i appreciate it like always love uh love what you and garrett do with the verse on the show uh every week you guys are killing it so speaking of killing it if you love that killer intro music of ours let's hear from laird so you could find out where to get some good tunes of your own it's you staring at your company's old website again with that same bland logo your cousin's buddy made for you years ago You read that study online about how your digital presence is more important than ever, but you just have no idea where to start. That's where we come in. Laird Creative is a full-service branding and creative agency that will turn your blank into a recognized brand. From video and audio production to graphic design, Laird Creative has every tool you need to build your brand from the ground up. Visit LairdCRTV.com. That's LairdCRTV.com to get started today. Laird Creative. Step your brand up. Thanks, Laird, and thanks again for making us some killer intro music. Um, so on behalf of the Dynasty Rewind, uh, Garrett, you can find him on Twitter at Dynasty Price. You could also catch him at the Dynasty Nerds podcast, two podcasts a week. They do the free one. They do the Nerd Herd podcast. So um, plenty of Garrett to go around. If you reach out to him on Twitter, 
almost 100 percent he's going to get back to you he is a busy man so if he doesn't respond right away just be patient with him but garrett love you um i don't know what happened with his internet here uh we've been having some technical problems all over the place tonight so i do apologize about that chev where can we find you on twitter you can find me at, at chef boy rd boy spelled with an i and i'm going to throw out a challenge to our listeners if we can get up to 10 questions for our next episode I will personally buy somebody a shirt from that group that has the 10 questions. How about that? Look at this. See? Chev's a great dude. I love it. So, Chev, thanks again. You can find me on Twitter at DMBauer85 and follow the show at Dynasty Rewind. We'll see you guys next week. Thanks again.